Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. It is Monday, Monday, September 25th, 2023. And um, hope you had a great weekend. Fourth weekend of college football. So, yeah, things are starting to shape up. Big games this weekend, Ohio State, Notre Dame, uh, Ole Miss and Alabama. Um, my Fighting Tigers, LSU, played uh, Arkansas. The Gators played uh, UNC Charlotte, I think it was. Uh, yeah, they all won. LSU won, Gators won. Alabama won. Um, Ohio State beat Notre Dame in a nail-biter. Yeah. And, of course, professional football yesterday. My Saints lost. Um, but, oh, well. Anyway, we'll see what see what's going to happen. Tampa Bay, the Bucks play tonight, Monday Night Football. But we are uh, here for First Timothy. We're going to jump into First Timothy chapter one today, as uh, as we begin a new uh, book of the Bible. As we also continue our journey through the New Testament this year. So today we are in First Thessalonians, or sorry, First Timothy chapter one. It's kind of it's interesting because uh, uh, chronologically. We've just jumped from the um, the beginning of Paul's ministry to the end. First, Second Thessalonians believed to be some of the oldest uh, writing in the Old Testament. First, Second Timothy, the last writings of Paul that we have. So we kind of just jump from the beginning of his ministry to the end of his life, just like that. Um, yeah. So uh, glad you're on. Um, Hope you're having a good uh, fall. First, we've entered into fall officially now. First day of fall was Saturday, so it is fall. Even if it, you know, even if it's 85 degrees outside, you know, for us in Tampa, <laughs> hey, but it's feeling better. The days are getting nice. The evenings are are really nice and pleasant. Uh, so fall is in the air now. Where you are, maybe significantly cooler. I don't know, but probably so for those of you up north. But we're enjoying every little break in the heat that we can get because this summer, this past summer was brutal. Yeah. All right, you guys, let's dive in. First Timothy chapter one. Uh, let's see what the word of God has to say to us today. You know what we do? We read it, we pray, we change the world. Let's do it. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the command of God, our Father, and Christ Jesus, our hope. Hmm. 
Christ Jesus, our hope. I like that phrase, that little phrase there. So Paul was an apostle of Jesus Christ by the command of God. And Christ Jesus, our hope. It's an interesting uh, arrangement of the phrase, too, because it says the command of God, our Savior, and Christ Jesus, our hope. You would think of it to be God, our hope, and Christ Jesus, our Savior, right? That's kind of how you would think of that, Christ Jesus, because Jesus is often referred to as a Savior. But um, it's an interesting way to think of it as God the Father is our Savior. Hmm. Uh, in, 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 the, in the sense that he it was his plan. It was God's plan. It was God the Father sending the Son um, to save us. Verse 2, to Timothy, my true son in the faith. So Timothy was like a son to Paul. Um, it wasn't his biological son, not his actual son, uh, literal son, but was a son in the faith. Um, grace mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may, be, so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. So Paul is uh, kind of commending and directing Timothy to stay in Ephesus and to specifically teach and look out for those people who are uh, teaching false doctrines and tell them, don't teach. You're teaching false doctrines, so stop it. <laughs> And to stop devoting yourselves to myths and endless genealogies. Hmm. Constant myths and endless genealogies. It's just that um, stuff that doesn't matter. Like you can spend so much time on religious uh, intricacies and nuances uh, that it doesn't matter. Um, and remember, Paul is speaking here to Timothy, who is a pastor. So when it comes to pastoral ministry, when it comes to, and pastoral ministry is just day-to-day, -day, when you're helping, helping people walk through the day-to-day -day, uh, challenges and, and struggles of life, uh, living out their faith in the world, uh, don't get hung up on all these myths and endless genealogies. Don't get hung up on all these, it doesn't matter. For Joe, who's working at the gas station, for Sally, who's you know working in customer service, for Bill, who's trying to run a business, these endless genealogies are a distraction. Get back to helping people live their life, uh, surrender to God. Help them experience the joy and the fullness that Christ came to give. Don't get caught up in these endless genealogies, these things that people in ivory towers love to talk about. Because you know it's a way to occupy their 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 minds, but it has no real practical meaning or implication. Such things promote controversial speculation 
rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. So, yeah. So you can spend all your time on these endless genealogies, and it's going to make no difference in uh, in the bigger work that you're supposed to be about, which is advancing the gospel, advancing God's work, advancing uh, the good news, sharing the good news with the world, helping people live out uh, their uh, their walk with God. It's so many of those things, right? So many times we can get caught up and sidetracked and um, tangled up in theological debates, and and some of them are valuable and they have their place, right? It's like it's not this isn't saying like ignore all, you know, debates and controversy. Nah, I mean it's okay. Just don't 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 fall into the pit. Don't get don't get sunk into the bottomless well of just on and on and on and on. And so that all you're doing is chasing down these fancy notions of reality. Because it will keep you, it will keep you from really going about the bigger work, God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart. And a good conscience and sincere faith. Wow, that's a good uh, that's a good word for all of us today, right there. That today we would um, we would be people um, with a pure heart and good conscience and sincere faith. Pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith. It's kind of almost almost similar similar saying the same thing, right? A pure heart. Um, like your good, clear motives, right? Clear motives. Um, sincerity, a good conscience. That means you can, you know, you can you can live with yourself, right? A clear conscience, knowing that you you did what you thought was right. Uh, and sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they confidently, what they so confidently affirm. Man, come on now. That's the truth. There's a lot of people that they confident in what they're saying, but they don't know what the heck they're saying. They don't know what they're talking about. Not everyone who has the privilege of a microphone knows what they're talking about. Not everyone who has a platform knows what they're talking about. Um, and so some people are confident, but they're confidently wrong. And so, um, you know, Paul's recognized that even in the first century, that there are people out there that are just, you know, claiming to speak for God, claiming to speak for truth, claiming to speak for Jesus. They don't have a clue what they're talking about. They've diverted from the truth. They're, they're, they're full of false doctrine. And it does matter what you, uh, what you believe, man. You know, you don't have to get caught up in these, these genealogies or, uh, you know, these, you know, Finer, the finer points of theology. Um, but it is important to know the fundamentals of the faith and to be grounded in the Word of God because what you believe will affect what you think. And what you think will, be, will affect how you act. And how you act will become a pattern of behavior and it will determine your life. Yeah. Belief, thoughts, thoughts, actions, actions, pattern. And pattern 
your life. Yeah, so it does matter. So Paul's saying they want to be teachers of the law, but they don't know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. You know, confidence is no... uh, uh, is no uh, is no evidence of um, of rightness. <laughs> Someone can be confident and wrong. <laughs> so confidence is no substitute for being right. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made for the is not made for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the godly, ungodly, and sinful the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill the fathers and mothers, uh, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound to the sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God which he entrusted to me. Hmm. Interesting. So he's saying the law is good if it's used properly because we know that the law is basically for lawbreakers, right? Law, the law, like if you are always, if you're keeping the law, then, then the law really has no major effect on your life. Like most of us, you know, those of us who are law-abiding law citizens, the laws rarely impact our lives on a day-to-day basis. But if you are breaking laws, yeah, it's going to become a real part of your life, um, the court system and the rest. But even in religious law, like religious law is intended to kind of help us know what's healthy and, um, and profitable behavior. As long as we're living godly and good lives, we're never going to have to worry about that. But the law is, as Paul said, for the, uh, is not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy, irreligious, and those who kill their fathers or mothers, wow, or murderers for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars. Man, I think there's a lot in there. I mean, Paul is calling out, and this is in the first century, way before, you know, the United States was around. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the United States was even around, and he's calling out slave traders, those practicing homosexuality, the sexually immoral, uh, sinful, unholy, irreligious. And what does he say? In all of that group that he just listed, all of those that he, he listed there specifically, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel. So those things, if you are doing those things consistently, if that is your behavior, if that is your lifestyle, if that is the way your life is going, if you are ungodly, sinful, unholy, irreligious, you know, you're a murderer, sexually sexually immoral, you're practicing homosexuality, you're trading slaves, you're lying, you're a perjurer, uh, that's all contrary to sound doctrine. Because sound doctrine conforms us to the gospel those activities and those patterns of behavior are clearly not being conformed to the gospel. Therefore, they cannot be based on sound doctrine. I think Christ, Lord, uh, I think Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I once 
although I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. I didn't know no better. I was acting like a, like a crazy fool. The grace of our Lord poured out on me abundantly along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that uh, grace has been poured out on us abundantly along with faith and love? Yeah. Yes, indeed. God's grace, faith, and love has been poured out on us. And it's incredible because we were once, as Paul says, we were once ignorant and we were full of unbelief. Some of us were blasphemers. Um, some of us were ignorant of God and uh, ridiculed those who believed in God. Verse 15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Ooh, I love this. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am worst. Amen. Man, praise be to God. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Yes. Don't ever forget that, man. Of all the things that Jesus came to do, the number one task, the number one role he had was to save sinners. Because the, because the world's full of them. Right? We're, because we're all, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one righteous, no, not one. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and, and receive eternal life. And now, man, I love this. Paul's thinking about God's grace and his mercy and how he took him from darkness to life and how Christ came uh, into the world to save sinners and that he was the worst of all of them, and uh, God showed immense patience with him in saving him. And now he just breaks out in praise, right? Verse 17. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Yes, sir. Yeah. He's like, man, thinking about where God took me from. And again, remember, this is uh, the elder Paul here, right? He's the end of his life. Um, and he's like, man, I look back and where God took me from and the patience that he uh, displayed towards me when I was a sinner, when I was vile and when I was violent man, he saved me. He showed me patience and grace. To him be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. Verse 18, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. So that, by re, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Oh, yeah, come on now. Paul's saying, look, there were some prophetic words given over you. People prophesied over you. They were words of encouragement, words of blessing, words that, of, of your calling and God's work in your life. And I pray that you'll recall them. And as you recall those words spoken over you, you'll fight well. You'll stay in the battle. holding on to the faith and a good conscience. 
which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard, with regard to their faith. Man, we don't want people to shipwreck their faith. I don't want you to shipwreck your faith. So that's why we stay in the Word of God. That's why we stay in fellowship. That's why we stay in prayer and confession. Because we don't want our we don't want to shipwreck our faith, man. Paul's like, there's already some that have shipwrecked their faith. Because they've departed from a good conscience. They've departed on they've departed from the holding on to the faith. He said, I don't want that to happen to you. And he calls them out right here, man. Don't just call them out. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Ooh. That's, that's, that's strong right there, bro. What is he saying? He's saying, I, I turned them over. I let them go. I stopped trying. You know, I, I imagine it was probably, uh, there were many conversations. There were many prayer, many times of prayer, many times of looking at God's uh, teaching and trying to, uh, trying to persuade them uh, back to the right path. But it became a point where, it was dividing, presumably. It was probably starting to, uh, first of all, they were obstinate and stubborn, refusing to repent. And it was probably divide because of this, this kind of the pattern in, in the early church, it was starting to, starting to divide the church and, and, and influence negatively the other people in the community. And so by, quote unquote, turning him over to Satan, which is just saying, I'm just going to let you go. Let Satan have it. You know, you, that's, if you want to be, if you want to live that life and you want to, be in outright rebellion against the truth of God. You want to just you were just adamant uh, to ignore the teaching of the Scripture. Then I'm going to let you go. Turn you over to Satan. I'm not going to try to destroy you. I'm not going to try to embarrass you. I'm not going to try to torment you. I'm not going to try to um, <clears throat> you know um, antagonize you. I'm just going to turn you over. <clears throat> and sometimes, you know, that's that. Sometimes we have to do those. Are, those are hard decisions, but sometimes we have to do that with people. We just got to let them go, you know? That when they refuse to hear sound doctrine, when they refuse to be persuaded, when they refuse to be held accountable, um, when they are, are not operating with, with uh, pure motives um, consistently and uh, intentionally, then you just got to let them go. You got to let them go. That's great pastoral advice for Timothy. That Paul's giving Timothy some just pastoral coaching. Look, this is how you. This, these are the kind of situations you're going to deal with. This is how you've got to do it in a in a godly and a uh, in a in a in a way with integrity. So, all right, you guys. Thanks for being on. Let's uh, let's wrap it up with prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for uh, these words of penned by the apostle Paul to his protege Timothy. God, so much that we can learn about uh, about you, about ministry, about serving, about uh, the sinfulness of the world. God, I pray that you would help us to be uh, good ministers, every one of us, to be good ministers, good ambassadors of the gospel, that we would uh, be able to fight the good fight of faith, that we would, uh, we would live with um, a good conscience, a pure heart, and sincere faith. Lord, I pray for my friends today that they would be strengthened and encouraged. Bless each and every one of them. May they sense your presence and your grace and your peace today in their lives. God, we love you. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. It really means a lot. 
You guys have a great day. We'll be back at it tomorrow with First Timothy chapter 2. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.